I am Kim Metzer, and I am the Director of Small Groups and Discipleship here at Redeemer, and I'm thrilled and honored to um, give you a message this morning. Um, As you will find out through the message and through the songs that we've been singing, today we're talking about faith. Um, And faith is knowing that I will get up at my alarm because I was at the game last night. So, um, lots of caffeine this morning. The Bible gives us a description of faith in Hebrews 11.1. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. The message version of this verse, along with verse 2, reads like this. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. So if you haven't figured it out by now, today we're talking about faith. What it is, why we should have it, how we should use it, and the importance of helping others develop their own faith. We're going to look at five examples of what faith is. I was a child of the 70s and 80s, so I remember eagerly waiting each week to hear Casey Kasem's radio show that listed that week's top 40 songs of the week. These were the best of the best, for that particular week anyway. Hebrews 11 gives us what could be considered the Bible's top 40 of all time. They are not ranked, but these men and women stepped out on faith and did what had to be done. Let's hear about a few of them. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God had promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. Today I'll be laying out five aspects of faith. 
The first one is, faith is taking the first step. All these people had the faith to take a first step. Can you imagine the ridicule Noah faced as he built that big boat in his backyard? Abraham didn't even have a map. He stepped out on faith that God would lead him to the promised land. Sarah had been through menopause. Even though she had her moments of doubts and tried to orchestrate the fulfillment of God's promise using a servant, she too kept the faith and eventually delivered the promised child. In our day and age, taking the first step might be taking a class. And we're offering a few of those, more on that later. Or starting a Bible reading plan, or committing to taking on a volunteer role in church, or giving another dollar each week in the offering. Secondly, faith is persisting until the end. In Hebrews 11, 13 through 16, we read about people who persisted. All these people died believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. These people all died without necessarily seeing the results of their faith while still on earth. They continued to keep the faith despite the obstacles thrown in their paths, despite the evil schemes of Satan. A commentator once said that Noah, Abraham, and Sarah all were characterized by an obedience that went beyond, or even contradicted, common sense. Without a cloud in the sky, no hint of rain in the immediate future, and no possible way to transport that ark to a body of water, how much sense did it make to build a boat that could house thousands of animals in Noah's immediate family? It is unfathomable that Abraham would leave the familiarity of his homeland to set off across uncharted land with only faith as his guide. Who would ever believe that a woman in her 90s could conceive, carry, and deliver a child? God calls us to trust and obey, no matter how much this seems to defy common sense. Thankfully, the God in whom they believed was not at all common. Thirdly, faith is helping others along the way. The faith that we demonstrate today will serve as a foundation for those that come after us, just as the faith of our ancestors has served as our foundation. The men and women listed in this chapter didn't corner the market on faith. Examples of faith-filled lives are sitting right here in this worship center and listening to our podcast. Faith is a team sport, and we're here to help those who as we've been helped and nurtured along the way. When our kids were in junior and senior high school, we spent a lot of time at track meets, watching them and their teammates run, jump, and throw. Oftentimes, a runner would seem to be absolutely spent with no hope of reaching the finish line, but with the encouragement of other runners, spectators, and coaches, they would invariably reach that finish line. And so it is with our faith. Just when it seems like we can take no more, we need someone to come alongside us and encourage us to keep us, or to help us keep reaching for that finish line. Keeping the faith is not a solo activity. 
This fall, we are providing uh, adult Sunday school classes at 9.30 to help others along with their faith journey. Just as it is harder to learn by ourselves while in grade school or university, it is harder to learn about faith and discipleship and growing a relationship with God all by ourselves. These Sunday classes are designed to be a starting point. If you don't need a starting point yourself, I encourage you to attend a class or two with someone who does. Just as upperclassmen should be mentors to underclassmen, so should those of us who are farther down our spiritual journey mentor those who are coming along behind. Another great opportunity to be a mentor, for mothers anyway, is in our Mothers of Preschoolers, or MOPS, program that starts on Thursday. If you remember what it was like to be in the throes of the seemingly never-ending toddler years, then you have all the experience that's needed to be a MOPS mentor. Fourth, faith is anticipating the reward. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. It was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for the future to his sons Jacob and Esau. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. It was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. He even commanded them to take his bones with them when they left. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who was invisible. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorposts so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. And it was by faith the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. 
They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from, the, from death. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half, and others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us, so that they would not reach perfection without us. Faith is knowing that what we gain on earth is not our prize, that the ultimate prize comes from God. The trials and tribulations of this world are temporary. The prize before us is forever, if only we keep our eyes on it and keep pushing forward. And finally, five. Faith is joining the cloud of witnesses. Those who have gone before us are now our cloud of witnesses as we run the race. They are fans in the stands at our track meet of life. In Hebrews 12, 1 through 4, um, the crowd of witnesses is talked about. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with the endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. In the mid-1980s, the Bishop of Uganda came to speak at a church in Washington, D.C. He spoke of his countrymen who had suffered at the hands of Idi Amin. Many had been killed, many tortured. Yet as they were placed before firing squads, they spoke of God's love to their executioners. Smiles wreathed their faces, and their songs to Jesus filled the stadiums or filled where they were martyred. Waves were converted in their stead. Those who died had one common belief. They were going to be with Jesus immediately upon their earthly death. Some even thanked their murderers for sending them home to Jesus. Their future was secure. They could see beyond this life to that which Christ has promised his faithful. They were like the huge cloud of witnesses that had gone before. May we live our lives so that when we die, we join this great cloud of witnesses and cheer on those who are still running the race. Let's pray. Lord, help us to run the race you have set before us with perseverance and with discipline. We ask that your grace wash over us as we live out our lives according to your plan and your will. And in your name we pray. Amen.